Hello, and welcome to the Brooks Breakthrough Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Brooks, and today my guest is Wendy Saunders, entrepreneur, business coach, ACN Regional Vice President, and most recently, founder of Stay Pretty Forever and the SPF Method. Wendy is a passionate advocate for helping people thrive financially, mentally, and physically. On this episode, we are going to dive into how she's been able to grow her financial, mental, and physical health, and how she's helping others do the same. So without further ado, Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Ashley. I am so excited um, to be with you. You're one of my favorite people. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I um, So we, we've we actually never met in person. So it's only been via Zoom calls and phone calls. Oh, yeah. But I'll tell you, every time we chat, I have a notebook next to me because I'm ready for whatever nugget you throw at me or one liner that is so quotable for me to write down. So I have my notebook next to me ready. And so I'm excited that for this conversation, we actually get to share it with other people. So I'm looking forward to it. That is exciting. And that is weird that we've never met in person. And when you said that, I went, oh, like I feel, feel like, <laughs> excuse me, I've known you forever. Yeah, no, no <laughs> same. Of course, well, you start so choking at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Before we get into any of the business talk or entrepreneurial life, share with us a little bit of your background, um, where you're from and you know how you got into choosing to become an entrepreneur. Um, so I live in Arizona and I've basically been here for ever since high school, grew up on the East coast, but been here forever. And I started getting into the entrepreneurial world back when I had a corporate job. So I am that typical story of, you know, I didn't go to college. My parents were like, college, you're getting a job. So I turned 18, I got a job. I got a job um, in a large corporation. So I kind of started that corporate ladder thing, you know, thinking that was the end all be all, started raising my family. And through that, you know, it's tough working a nine to five and having kids and all of that. And through that process, um, a woman that I um, knew was getting into real estate. Now, this was back in the very early nineties and age myself. And I think I was making like $27,000 a year raising two kids in daycare. Like it didn't make like now I look back and think that made no sense, but anyway, climbing the corporate ladder. That's okay. This is what it takes. You know, we're going to, we're going to get that next promotion and met a girl. She was going to go to real estate school and she's telling me, oh my gosh. And my friend's making six figures. And I started doing this in my head thinking, wait a minute. I work 40 to 50 hours a week. This is all I'm making. She's going to put that same amount of time and make so much more. Oh my gosh. So I decided to go to real estate school and I did the 12 day course. I had a three-year-old and a six month old and told my husband at the time, I'm doing the 12 day course. I'm going to be gone every night, weekends. See you later. He's like, oh my God, what is happening? So that's how I started to understand that I was in control of where I spent my time and how much money I could make. Share a little bit of what that was like transitioning to, because I've had a number of entrepreneurs on here and we always talk about that transition of coming from a corporate job and having structure that was created for you to then being on your own and having to create that structure for yourself. Because no one's going to tell you, hey, you have to be up at a certain time. You have to be in the office at a certain time. You answer to no one. What was that transition like for you? Oh my gosh. Well, um, I would say that at the time, I was so hungry to have more and to quit being, you know, we were in survival mode. Um, that, that hunger caused me to have the work ethic and put the time in. I didn't know till way later that there was actually a thing like that you could time block and productivity and all these things that we talk about. I would say the number one thing for me, it was my hunger caused me to show up and work because I was, I was, um, you know, when your boss tells you to do it, you do it because you have to. And that's how you get that check every week. Mm -hmm. But that check is limited. So now all of a sudden I'm in a space where, oh, the harder I work, the more I show up, the more money I can make. 
So I became a different person out of hunger. Mm. My my schedule and my uh, disciplines, I guess, if you will, showed up because of hunger. And I think entrepreneurs can all relate to when you have the desire and the hunger, the rest will happen. You don't, you know, we get caught up in the, how do you do it? And that's where people get tripped up, I think is in the how versus Mm. just doing it. Very, very true. Tell us, share with us your experience of being a real estate agent. And then, cause you eventually transitioned into ACN. Um, so share mm-hmm. what that experience is like and why you love it. Cause I have no doubt you probably killed it at real estate. Uh, <laughs> so why, why did you choose to leave that? Um, yeah. So kind of the same premise, I think what I've always wanted. And I think what we all probably want is freedom like freedom, like, you know, time and money, freedom, peace of mind, freedom, like just, we're all striving to be free of all the constraints that we have, I guess, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I was in real estate and I did make lots of money. I mean, I wasn't successful out of the shoot, but I learned early on kind of how to find the path to success and, you know, just, um, worked really hard, but in real estate, you're still at someone's mercy. And that mercy is your clients and the economy <laughs> and the market. And so I think after do it and, and now all of a sudden I'm in a, a place where I'm making all this money, right? Life is changing. Cars were changing. House was changing. Vacations were changing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want that to stop. And so it becomes all consuming you know, um, in a commission-based only business, you get paid and then you don't know when you're getting paid again. So there's this just weird uh, consumption that happens when you're making all this money and you want to make more and you got to keep the balls in the air. And I think what happened is I just started to get tired thinking, oh my gosh, this will never end. Like I can't stop working. (laughs) You know, and now I've got kids, they're getting older, I'm working 24 seven, my time is not my own, mm-hmm. just like back in my nine to five, my time wasn't my own, right? And so um, ACN fell into my lap, because one of my real estate clients did the typical, hey, do you ever, you know, are you open to looking at something outside of what you're doing? And I thought, oh, I didn't know there was something outside of what I'm doing. <laughs> so yes, I guess I am. And because I wasn't looking for anything and um, took a look at it. And because it was all residual income, I started to have the exact same thought. Huh, if I put time, effort, and energy into this, my outcome is freedom, like real freedom. Like I could actually not work all the time. So that was where my brain was at. You know, I feel like we can do anything that we put our minds to. So I thought, why would I continue to put all this time, effort, and energy into something that I can never stop that I don't want to do for the rest of my life? Why don't I just take that and put it into something new? Hmm. Yeah, that And that makes perfect sense. So I know that ACN works with professionals in a number of industries, but um, one of the niches is real estate because the services you provide help buyers and renters. And so it doesn't matter if you are a real estate agent or a broker or even a lender, um, there's great partnerships that happen between those individuals and ACN. Will you share a little bit about that, like how you are helping people in that field and then how you're helping their clients through your services? Yes, absolutely. And I will share that when I saw this, I was at a place where I was making a lot of money in ACN or in real estate, you know, so you don't just, you can't be rash and irresponsible when you have a family and just stop doing what you're doing. And you also don't want to waste time. Mm -hmm. And so I saw it as an opportunity of, wow, this makes sense. People are going to pay for services, right? There are things like internet and cell phone and electricity, like things that, you know, I think it's safe to say they're not at the mercy of the economy or the mercy of anything because they're like oxygen. (laughs) Like we will pay it no matter what. And so to me, I thought, okay, it makes sense. It's not a fly by night. It's not something that I'm going to do for three years and people are going to stop buying it from me type of a thing. Um, and it makes sense to add it into what I'm doing because any business, especially now, I feel like it wasn't a conversation back then. Um, but now it's like, how many ways can you make money from what you're doing? 
-hmm. right? Like, uh, like there's just multiple streams of income inside of what you're doing. And so for real estate agents, and for me, I thought this is a no brainer. Every time I sell a house, they take the internet, they set up their electricity, they set up TV service, maybe or home security service. Why wouldn't I capture those services? You know, it's not a conflict of interest. It's not part of the RESPA things that you can't get paid on. I just was, my mind was blown. And then I thought, wait, I've sold hundreds of homes and I started to do math. If those hundreds of homes have, you know, two, three, $400 worth of services that they pay for every month, every month, every year, I got paid on the sale once. I just started to do math, right? And I always say people lie, numbers don't. <laughs> and so it just made a lot of sense. And so there's a lot of industries, obviously, that it works for. Um, but I just feel like in the real estate industry, why wouldn't you? Especially now today, there's all these utility uh, concierge things happening. And I'm like, well, you're not getting paid on that. Yeah. Like, why would you give something away in your business if you could get paid on it? No, absolutely. Yeah. And I know that you and your husband are big advocates for residual income and making money while you sleep. And obviously this is a way that you, you do that and you hit on it, but can you share the importance of that and why you guys um, see that as something you want everyone to understand? Cause most of us, like you said earlier, a lot of us didn't understand, never, were never taught or didn't know years ago that you could have multiple streams of income. That wasn't a normal thing or something yeah. that was even discussed. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll tell you, um, you know, th this was embarrassing back then, but it's not that embarrassing now because it's the facts. When my girlfriend showed me the ACN opportunity, I didn't know what residual income was. I had to ask, what does that mean? And that very question irritated me to no end mm -hmm. because I thought to myself, wait a minute, this has been a thing my whole life. Why did no one ever teach this to me? Why did no one ever teach this to my parents? Because I'm sorry, I don't care who you are. If I offer you the ability to work, do something once and get paid over and over again, or the option to do something once and have to do it again and again and again, you're going to pick option one. I want to work once and get paid over and over again, like a singer, an author. So the second I understood just the just the context of what residual income was, my mind went crazy. Like, well, I, I want that. Then you start to get the residual income checks. Yeah. Right. And then in the beginning, they're tiny, right? They're buying you a taco because <laughs> you're building a business. But it kept coming and it kept coming and then it got bigger. And so there, there's a, um, a saying that I've seen over the years, and it says, once you understand what residual income is like, you'll go through a brick wall to get it. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said earlier, I realized I can spend my time doing whatever I want. Why would I spend my time in my financial life working on something that's going to stop paying me when I stop working? And I just, my brain just went crazy with that. And then of course, you know, freedom. And I, I will share, um, you know, money is great because it can buy you all the things that you want and all the things that you want are great, whatever it is that you want in your life. But the time freedom is the part that I think most people can't even internalize emotionally. Um, you know, I've had some things happen over the past few years. My mom got really sick in 2019 and I was kind of able to just drop everything. I booked a one-way ticket to where she was. I didn't have anywhere to be. I had all the resources coming in that I needed um, to be able to take care of her. You know, at the Thanksgiving table, my son said, this year, what I'm grateful for is that mom has ACN because if she didn't, no one would have been there to take care of grandma. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. And then I had open heart surgery in uh, late 2020, which is crazy. And I was able to recover in peace. You know, had I been back in my real estate world, I wouldn't have been able to be, I mean, I didn't drive a car for nine weeks, yeah. you know, it took almost a year to get my energy back and to get healed. And so that's, those are the times when you realize, okay, having that income coming in hand, you know, even if it's just to handle your bills, right. Everyone builds residuals for a different level. Mm -hmm. um, that's what's priceless. 
So I, and that's really hard to come by, like having your time, you know, not making money while you sleep, you know, that's really hard. It's not hard to come by, um, but it's, it's rare that people do it, I guess. It's not hard to come by. Anybody can do it if you put the focus in that area. When you were in real estate and after you got out, because when you were in real estate, did you, did you invest in property at all? No, when I was in real estate, we didn't have what there is today with online courses and mentors and Instagram with Grant Cardone telling you to invest your money. We didn't have any of that. So you were as only, only as good as the handful of people you hung around with and whatever they were doing, you were doing. So no, I didn't. Uh, If I were to go back, I would have been um, way more intentional of where those dollars went, creating some passive income through, through real estate, right. By buying Mm -hmm. investments and rentals and yeah. So no. Well, and I ask that because I know even now in, in 2022, there's still a fine line between agents who are considered experts and they sell, 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 but they never buy. And so they're not able to, there's a lot of expectations that they're not able to retire. Um, because for them, it's they spent everything that came in and they were, I mean, you always, sometimes you really want to work with investors because that's repeat business over and over. And even in that process, they still don't get, oh, maybe I should do this too. And so it's interesting to be in it and to see people not taking advantage of that opportunity. We got, I mean, I got my license just because we had already started investing in real estate. And so we Mm -hmm. thought, okay, well, let's just keep it all in our own pocket and we can talk the lingo already. We'll help other investors. And so, yes. and then getting into it, it's, it's definitely been interesting to see that not very many invest. Yeah. Well, one thing someone told me once, and it's really true, and it might be not that popular to say, but it's something to think about is, and it's in, in the industry, right? Any industry, even an ACN, there are, so I'll, I'll use realtors as an example. There are realtors that are realtors and there are realtors that are business people. Mm. That's a very different realtor. And I went from being an employee to a real estate agent. And to be honest, I was just still living paycheck to paycheck. They were just bigger checks, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the commission world. But I was not acting like a business person, meaning, you know, that having that business mindset of what am I doing? What's my, like creating a mission statement and where am I going? And what's my, you know, all that stuff. So, and I think that's something to be so aware of you know, even in, in the network marketing industry, right? There are people that are just network marketers and there are people that are business business network marketers, right? They're building a business. So um, very different. Yeah. yeah and that's something that I think more people should teach people too, right? Getting into an industry where you have so many opportunities to build something. Oh, absolutely. To. I mean, we we're very passionate about that. And so it's funny now, like even with our child and I volunteer, <clears throat> excuse me, with big brothers, big sisters. And so my little sister, we're constantly trying to teach her those things because we know they're not going to learn it from school or anything mm-hmm. like that. I joke um, recently that my daughter has um, career day at daycare coming up. <laughs> and so oh we were literally like, how do we dress her up as an investor or an entrepreneur? Oh. Like, do we just send her in <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dress her up as Warren Buffett. Figure out how to dress your own word, but yeah, that yeah. Well, that book you have on your shelf, that rich dad poor dad book, right? They need every everybody needs to put that in their their uh, kids' hands and make them write a book report, right? Oh, pay, pay your kids to read books. Don't pay them to do chores. Pay them to read books. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. It's funny. So our mm-hmm. our daughter, um, when she was born, spent the first week in the NICU, and so my husband would go. We'd, we'd both go. My husband would read to her um, in the morning. He'd start with the Bible first, and then he'd go to a real estate investment book. And so it was like just already like there. Um, and it's funny because we have business books for her now. One of her favorites is um, what is it? It's it's like a Bitcoin book. It teaches you like how it works in the system or blockchain. Okay. It's blockchain. Um, okay. Or even like, the, you know how you have all those ABC books, like ours are business related. Um, I love it. So that she can hear them already. But I know that um, within the last year, you actually started a new company um, and created what you're calling the SPF method. So Stay Pretty Forever is, is the company and um, you're helping a number of women through business coaching. And so share a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's still fairly in its infant stages, um, but it, it came about for multiple reasons, you know, um, I think mostly 
I just feel like, and I'm just going to speak about women, but I think this really holds true for all people is we are bombarded in a world right now of um, all this, you know, products and just stuff like just goal setting and blah, 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 like all these things. And what, you know, and I have people come to me and I'm so grateful, like, how do you do this? What do you do for this? How do you do this? What's that? What's with the, you know, like all these things. And, and I feel like, and a lot of this all is a testament to being in network marketing is the personal growth that I've gone through um, has really changed me as a person, as a woman. And life feels very effortless, right? Relationships feel effortless. Health feels effortless. You know, all these things feel effortless. And so in kind of just going through the world and and coaching people and mentoring people, something that I found that was missing was everyone wants to teach you how to get to where you're going, but not a lot of people want to teach you how to stay there. Meaning, you know, not having to do it again. Oh, I need to lose 10 pounds again. I need to, you know, find another relationship again. I need to get my finances together again, mm-hmm. right? Because we always repeat the same patterns. And so I just decided, you know what? I want to help women do a couple things. One, I want to help them get out of the sea of all this stuff. Because some of this stuff is great that we're being bombarded with to use or to buy or to consume. Some of it is just not. And we live in this world of people have to market, right? They have to sell stuff. They have to come up with new stuff. And I get that. But how do we decipher what we really need, right? What we really need versus what we think we need or what the miracle potion or thing is going to be. And then the other thing is, how do we figure out? Because again, you know, it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're being. Mm -hmm. And so really teaching people how to how to elevate themselves in such a way and internally and mentally where they they stay where it is they want to go and then they can get to the next level and the next level and it's hard to explain that's why i created a whole method because there's pieces to that you know to to be able to get there but i just want to help people do that because it's it's um Life should be effortless and you should feel happy and joyful and in control of all those different factors, right? Whether, and I say there's four areas, there's the physical, which is is your health and all that. There's the spiritual, which is your, 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 your mental health and your self-awareness and all those things. And then there's your financial growth, right? People tend to not want to talk about the money. And then there's the relationships. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, if you don't handle all of them, then something's going to fall apart. All of them need to be handled. And that's where the magic really happens. Yeah, I know you and I have talked um, a number of times just about the mental part and how huge that is. And I know that a lot of times when you do get into network marketing or um, certain even just groups that are all about, hey, we want to help you get to the next level and all sorts of mindset. And people are like, oh, the rah-rah just isn't my thing. Like, it sounds ridiculous. And in the beginning, it like, if that's not your world, it sounds ridiculous in the beginning. But once you get into it, like, there's so much power there. And so can you just share, like, <clears throat> the, the magnitude of, like, your thoughts and what you consume mentally, the effect that it has on you, both positive and negative? Yeah. Well, you know, whenever someone says to me, I don't like the rah-rah, my thought in my head is, no, you just don't want to take responsibility for where you're at mm-hmm. and look in the mirror. So that's a really good excuse for not putting yourself in a world that's going to have you grow and, right? Because to grow as a person, it's all about, it's me, mm-hmm. right? I have to just take on that. I created it. It's my fault. My thinking and my decisions got me to where I am today. So which is to me is very powerful. I'm in control. Mm-hmm. So usually only a victim says, I don't like the rabbi. So whoever, there's someone throwing darts at me right now on Instagram. <laughs> <for saying this. laughs> but that's a true, that's a true. Um, I think that the difference between people that are doing well and successful and people that are 
highly successful and I'm going to define sex as there's sex. I'm going <laughs> to define that's part of it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm going to define being highly successful as you've got all those areas covered, right? We know who we're thinking about the people that are happy, they're joyful, their relationships are good, their businesses thrive, you know, everything grows, right? So the difference between those two people is how they think, how they speak, Mm. that they are accountable and responsible. Go find that highly successful person. And I will challenge you to ever hear them say it's someone else's fault. Mm. It's because of something someone did to me. They will never do that. So, and that's because they, when you become so self-aware, what you really get is that you are the creator, meaning that's where you can create and do anything you want to do. And when you get that, that's when the magic happens. And I just believe that 90% of your success in life is your self-awareness and how you think and the words that you say, right? You can look in real estate, you can have two realtors, right? In a killer market, we've watched this over the last couple of years, one's killing it and one is struggling, right? A lot of times it's going to start with this. They're meant to, they're, they're, and the inside of your, your mindset is your belief in yourself, mm. right? It's not just having, people say, oh, I have to have a positive attitude. Sure. Being positive is huge, right? But it's also what's your belief level? What's your, what's your level of saying, I need, I need to learn more. I need to become more. You know, I'm really obsessed right now with um, Bob Proctor. Mm -hmm. He passed away this year and I'm just consuming everything I consume. And something that he said the other day was just so great. And I knew this, but it's the way he said it. He said, you know, people say, oh, uh, I want to, my goal is to have a new car. My goal is to make a million dollars. And he said, your goal isn't to have a new car. What you want is a new car. The goal is who do you have to become? What do you have to learn? Where do you have to elevate so that you can be the person who can go have that new car or make that million dollars? Mm. And people get that mixed up, right? The, yeah. the goal is who you're become is who you're becoming, or who you need to become, or who you need to be right now to start attracting that to you. Yeah, no, and I, I yeah, that's that's a huge thing that I think a lot of people struggle with is the. <clears throat> who you need to be, because like you said, it's taking ownership because you are so not that person. And so it's, it's making that transition. Now I know that you're working in your coaching program predominantly with women. And I know there are a lot of times when it comes to the way we see ourselves, there's a lot of lies we tell ourselves. And so I'm sure you're breaking through a lot of that with your clients. What are some of the biggest lies that you're hearing women tell themselves? Um, well, I think a lie that everyone tells themselves is that they, that I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that can't typically comes from, well, why can you? Well, I don't have the money. I don't have the time, right? So-and-so doesn't support me. So the can't almost always is an outside thing. Mm-hmm. And if you got anything from what I just said before, when you're looking outside, that's just a good excuse (laughs) for maybe, maybe not wanting to take on the work, Mm. not wanting to deal with what you need to deal with um, in order to get you there. So I think one of the biggest lies is that I can't do it. So one of the reasons that I believe I've had success is you know, we all have something that happened to us when we grew up and I grew up and kind of started becoming because of the the dynamics in my household. I developed this little, you're not the boss of me. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do. Right. That was me. Now I've learned that that serves me in some areas of my life and it does not serve me in other areas. Right. That's (laughs) self-awareness. But early on, I developed this mindset of someone else is doing it, I can do it. So when I got into real estate, I can't tell you how many people said, who do you think you are? Why do you think that you're going to go out and make all this money when you're working with people who've been doing this for 25, 30 years? 
Like, you know, I just had all this conversation in my head. I was like, well, first of all, you shouldn't tell me I can't do it because you're not the boss of me. So now that, that triggered, but then I also thought, but I don't understand why that woman is doing it. So wouldn't it be sensible that I just need to do what she's doing like that? I literally, no one ever taught me that it was just internal to go well. How does she dress? I didn't want to follow the realtors that were struggling around. I wanted to follow the realtors that were doing well. What does their car look like? It's always clean. It's always washed. She's dressed to the nines. She always has a business card on her. You know, I just started making mm -hmm. these mental notes and just started emulating successful people in real estate. And when I got into ACN, you know, people love to say, oh, well, no one's ever successful. Like, well, you can say that about any industry. Like, that's yeah. so dumb. Like, that's not a fact. <laughs> and why are so few people successful? Well, so few people are successful in anything because of the willingness to do it, the willingness to grow and persistence and giving it the time that it needs. And so when I got into ACN, same thing. Why would you leave this massive real estate business? Why would you even mess with something like that? Why would you do that? You know, all this stuff. And I thought to myself, and I saw other people that had what I wanted. They had time and money together. They had time with their kids. They weren't stressed out. They were going on vacation every quarter. You know, they were working out in the middle of the day. Like they were just doing all those things that I was like, God, all I ever do is work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my phone 24 seven. And so I just sat back and thought, you know, I can't listen to all you guys because if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. This is not, you know, if you're doing something that someone else has done, I can like, listen, a white woman at five, eight has never been in the MBA. So I probably can't do that. I could try. <laughs> right. But that's probably a factual thing. Like you, you can't do that. But most anything else that you do in life, if someone says that you can't do it, it's like, but why not? Why? Why? There's someone out there with your circumstances, your background, your experience, your stuff, exactly like you, that's living the life that you want to live. Mm. What's, what's the difference? And so that's the thing that bothers me is that people and women, they take that as the truth mm. when really it's not the truth. So, and I apologize for the long-winded answer, but that's it. Yeah. You know, that's it. Like you can't, you can do it. Yeah. So why, why don't you think you can do it? So that's, yeah. No. And I, and I love that because you're right. I mean, there are so many people who think that they can't. <clears throat> and I know that in a little bit, we'll get into, you know, you are who you hang out with. And that's a huge, I mean, that for me is, um, and similar to what you said, like when you see other people doing it, it becomes less impossible. Because you mm -hmm. see, okay, well, no, not only can one person do it, but tons of people can do it. I'm finally yeah. hanging around with tons of people who can. When you hang out with tons of people who aren't, then you believe that it's impossible. Um, and so that's that's a really, really important factor. But so one of the other pillars that you have is, is physical health. So can you share why physical health and wellness is so important? Um, obviously, for the sake of um, our bodies and, and staying healthy, but in being able to produce in, in your production mm -hmm. levels, it affects that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is such a great question. And it is huge. And one thing that I do want to touch on that I think is really important for everyone and something that was very impactful to me um, is remember comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. So when you're starting to embark on something, it's natural. When you start looking at all those other people that have what you want, you start getting into comparison mode. Mm -hmm. And that will mess you up every day. So remember the horse that's in the race, the reason they have the blinders on is because if they look to their right or their left, they're going to get tripped up and somebody's going to die. Mm. Well, same thing in life. When you embark on something, you want to take from those other people that are doing it, embody the qualities, you know, that you don't have or that you need to elevate, but do not compare. Mm. So I, I just thought that was really important. I didn't want to leave people hanging on that. Mm -hmm. Um, so important, but with your physical health, you know, I have a saying and not my saying there, we hear it everywhere. How you do anything is how you do everything. And so if you're not taking care of your health, right. I mean, what, you know, your body is your temple. That's so true. And if you've ever been unhealthy, 
you really get oh health as well because if you don't have energy and you don't feel good and i went through this with my heart surgery that it was like wow like wow when you don't feel good you just can't function you can't give what you need to give um in any area you can't give mentally you can't give your energy you can't give physically and so you've got to take care of your health physical health and mental health but your physical health is so important and you know when i meet people and if i meet someone that doesn't have the physical health that they are capable of and i spend enough time with them how you do anything is mm-hmm. how you do everything all areas of their life have some sort of element rolled into it that is congruent with how they take care of their themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think the greatest path to physical health is just learn, education, right? Education changes your paradigms. Your paradigms change, speak to your subconscious and then your subconscious starts to lead you. And when your subconscious starts to lead you, then things become effortless. Yeah. So in the beginning, taking your physical health on is a challenge and it's not easy, but if you, if you focus on getting educated on things, food, exercise, whatever nutrition, nutrition, then you will start to gravitate differently. Like the things that I will order off of a menu today are dramatically different than what I ordered off the menu 10 years ago. But what's interesting is I don't even see them on the menu. It's mm-hmm. not an internal war of, oh, I shouldn't eat that. I should eat this. I don't even notice they're there. If you said, oh, Wendy, did you know they served X, Y, Z at this restaurant? I would be like, oh, I didn't even see that because my brain's not looking mm-hmm. for it anymore. Yeah. That is why it's effortless. I'm not, I'm not in a battle. <laughs> and it shows you that it's a habit, right? Like that, that eventually had to change. So it was now it's a new habit. Um, we, I mean a lot, and we grow up not really realizing how bad certain things are for us. And so it's natural to have, you know, junk food and all that stuff. Um, my family, all the women in our family are very petite and even my brother, my brother, he's working to become like a professional fighter. So he's like ripped from head to toe. Mm -hmm. So we're all in pretty good shape and we don't eat terrible, but we don't eat, we didn't grow up eating really well. And it wasn't until like our late twenties that all of the girls kind of started to transition. I have one sister who she's predominantly like organic, like they watch everything they put in their body. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of her turning was because she saw that there were certain foods that really messed up her stomach. And so she like, she had lived with that for a long time and like didn't really do anything. She's there's the guy she's dating now. Um, They started looking into that like, well, hey, if it's an issue all the time, like maybe you should change something. So they Mm -hmm. did. And now it's for them, it's the same. They don't even think about it. It's just natural. And, And for me, like I... I didn't do until my husband as well. My husband, he watches everything he puts in his body. And when I first moved in with him, there were times where, you know, I'd do the grocery shopping and I'd, you know, bring back the blueberries and I'd wash them, put them in a container and he'd eat them. He was like, these, uh, did you not get organic blueberries this week? I'm like, no, they didn't have any. This was all. And he was like, can you not get this kind? Cause they <laughs> taste it. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Um, but so we start because we changed what we had in our house, the food that we had in our house, my, the things I craved started to become different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it, it just goes back to like, it's a habit, right? <clears throat> yeah. And once yeah. you change something, everything changes. That's right. Um, but I want to get into the four W's. So I know that you and I are similar and that we are big believers in that you are what you watch. You are what you listen to. You are what you read and you are you, what you hang out with. I had actually, before I started officially started this podcast, I was going to add you are what you eat, but I didn't want to make people feel uncomfortable. So I took that one out and just did these four. Um, but so when it comes to what you watch and what, what are you consuming? What type of uh, video content or shows are you consuming? Well, if you are what you watch, I would be a criminal mastermind because I will be truthful that at night I love a good Netflix show, right? I'm loving Blacklist, Ozark. Like I love all of those shows. So, but um, that's my entertainment. So that's what I watch. But I would say what I watch, um, you know, I, I'm right now I'm watching a lot about Proctor YouTubes. I just can't get enough of that conversation. Um, I have muses that I watch, right? I think we all need a good muse. And so I have, um, 
people out there in the world that I watch that I want to emulate what they're doing. So one of those people is Chris Jenner. I am a big fan of the Kardashians. I think that they are an incredible family. I think that they get a lot of bad press, which that's how press works. So that helps them build their brand. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think at the end of the day, if you really step back, you're like, wow, you know what? They're all pretty good girls. They have some pretty serious businesses. They have serious work ethic, all that stuff. Well, all that stems from the top, right? And as a mother and a mentor, um, I just look at Chris and I've watched every interview. So I, I find my muses and I have a few different muses, um, but I watch their interviews. How do they speak? What is their mindset? Right. What writing for, for her, I would say she is all about love, kindness, work your face off, no excuses. And the biggest thing I've gained is um, decisiveness. She's very decisive. Mm. Right. I have she been makes a decision at- and she dives in. <laughs> I have been looking forward to your answer on this. Actually, this morning, my husband and I were talking about this because I was like, you know, I know she she follows the Kardashians and she really loves them, but for the business sense. And so you, like you just said, you watch their interviews. Would you say you watch their show? Totally. Okay. Yep. Because how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So the way they handle their issues and they handle them in public, you know, we all have, mm-hmm. listen, we all have the same issues going on on some level. Everybody does. They just happen to share them in public. It's not, it's not about what happens to you. It's about how you react to what happens to you. Mm. And if you'll notice, they handle everything with grace, family first, right? Don't mess with the family, which I'm the same. You mess with my family, you get a whole different person, (laughs) right? You get a whole different side of Wendy. Um, So um, yeah, for sure. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. I want to see it all. Yeah. And I love how you answer that because for you in watching the show, it's not about just having mindless drama playing in the background. Like it's almost like something you study. Yeah. Yeah. And it's inspiring. I mean, look at, they came from nothing, you know, like Kim Kardashian will say the first, be the first person, like guys, I built my, my empire off of a tape that I just was, you know, well, it's out now. So, hmm, right. She's like, I don't have any special talents. But I happen to have been connected with someone who was an assistant of hers, which I always try to dig and try to network because I want to get the real story, right? You know this about me. And they were like, oh no, she has work ethic. Like you can't even imagine her gratitude, right? The most successful people in the world have an incredible amount of gratitude. Like she's like, oh no, she shows up to set. She's, she is so grateful. If your daughter Ashley had a birthday party the last time that you talked about, she will remember that. Hey, how was your daughter's birthday party last year? You'll be like, what? She's very present. And so while you see all these things, which, you know, which is of course, that's what they want you to see. That's their brand, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So when you watch the show, you really get that, that you really understand why they are who they, because of who they are. Mm, and how they so interesting how they handle things yeah yeah because so my husband when we were talking about it this morning he doesn't follow it he's so not pop culture any of yeah, that stuff. yeah and yeah. he was like yeah but look at how they got it I was like well there's a difference between how you get something and how you stay because they've stayed yeah. for nearly two decades listen you don't build two girls in a family to billion dollar companies mm-hmm. if you're not doing right by people Absolutely. Right? i say to become a millionaire or multimillionaire you could probably screw people over and be pretty nasty. But when you get to the billionaire level, there are very few billionaires in the world that are pretty good people, right? You look at all the billionaires in the world. Most of them are pretty, pretty, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the right, they're doing right, the right thing. (laughs) You don't get to that level. Really. There's maybe a few that squish people along the way, but Mm, it's tough and two in one family there's something going on there yeah no definitely so for the second one what do you listen to are you more podcast what kind of music do you do do you do audiobooks what does that look like oh my gosh I listen to tons of stuff I'm all about you know staying high vibration keeping myself in state because I'm no different than anyone else it's easy for the self-doubt to creep in or Mm -hmm. be distracted so um I am listening to all things Bob Proctor right now. Like every morning, I every day, I try to spend 30 minutes to an hour of consuming that and consuming it and studying it and internalizing it. Um, I have different podcasts that I listen to that are anything from, you know, uh, Wealth Ability is a great podcast because 
who, who wants to pay taxes, who we all want to learn about the tax code. Um, I have some beauty podcasts that I love because I really want to stay on top of, you know, the beauty and fashion is my sport. Mm -hmm. Um, and the interviews, whoever my muse is that I want to understand everything about them. Then I just go on to podcasts and I type in their name and I find every interview that they've ever done. So I know that was a lot, but that's me. I listen to, Mm -hmm. I have so many things going. If you spent the day, you'd be like, oh my God, where are we going? What are we listening to? (laughs) Um, it's always, it's always something. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, I feel like with you, it's always learning and growing. Yeah. And music. I love to just sometimes put music on. I have a different, different Spotify playlist and just do whatever, you know, if I got to clean the house or if I just want to go on a walk and just kind of get in that space. It's almost like meditation. I have Mm. a hard time sitting quietly. Mm. So sometimes music and while I'm just doing whatever, it's very meditative. And I, I think of things. Interesting. You know, I think of ideas. Yeah. What are you reading these days? I am reading. Um, oh my gosh. It's on my nightstand and it's called illusions. And oh my gosh, I'm going to have to send it. It's illusions. And it's, I think something of the Messiah. So I was listening to something recently and um, the guy said, Oh, this book, he's someone I really respect in the mentor world. He goes, this is the favorite most, this is, the best book I've ever read. And I'd never heard of it. I've heard mm-hmm. of every book. So I immediately got it. So it's the illusions of the Messiah, something like that. So that's what I'm reading. And I read that at night, usually before I go to bed. And then um, my audiobook is change your paradigm. And I'm on my fifth run of it in the last mm-hmm. three weeks. And that's a Bob Proctor book. Got it. Have there any been any books this year that have really like target you or like that's been the book that's kind of like affected you this year. Oh, wow, Ashley. That's a good one. Sorry, Cause I know um, you read a lot. Right. And so I was even I like, I write down, yeah. I list out all the ones that I finished throughout the year. And so like, if I yeah. were to go back and look at them, like a lot of them are great. Right. But like, I have like two or three that I'm like, Oh man, like that one hit. Yeah. I would say a big eye opener was life force. And this mm-hmm. is Tony Robbins new book. Mm-hmm. And it's all about um, it's health and wellness. And he's really exposing the masses to alternative things um, with your health. And I, you know, you feel like, you know, a lot about a subject and reading that book was a total like, oh my gosh, I did not know that. <laughs> I just, so that, that was a big one. Yeah. Hmm. Good to know. I'll have to look that one up. Um, what, uh, when you look at who you choose to hang out with, not people you have to hang out with, but people you choose to hang out with, what would you say are the common characteristics of those people? Oh, fun, happy, and positive. Yeah. I do not want to be around any negative energy. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. And I, I don't even have friends anymore. I don't know if I've really ever had super negative friends, but I'm. that is something that, you know, when you talk about frequency and you change the station and that static, if I'm around that energy, I can immediately, it's like, Oh God, Oh my God. And yeah, yeah don't do it. Yeah. You got to be fun, happy, positive. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. I read a book this year called vivid vision and it was talking about like, Hey, what you want, like write it all out and like explain it. Like, um, <clears throat> and so one of them was, I pretty much like, it was like a bunch of bubbles. Right. And so one of them was like the friends that we want to have. And so I had kind of started working on that. And then I went on a play that same day, I went on a play date and there was a mom who just like seemed so nasty. And I had like seen nasty things like multiple times. And I came home and like, my husband was like, what's wrong? I was like, I like, that was just really annoying. Like, and so I went back to like my journal of like, all right, the type of friends we want to have, like good to our kids, like kind to our kids and all of this stuff. And like, it helped me figure out, all right, like if they fit this, great. If they don't, it's probably not beneficial for us to hang out with them. Like, cause I mean, when you have kids, you start to have more mommy friends, right? <clears throat> totally. And so you're just like, yeah, I don't want that. Like even in playtime, like that's not worth playtime <laughs> or like ruining nope. your playtime like that. It, it certainly affects you. Yeah, for sure. And your environment always wins. So you got to be hypersensitive about where you're hanging, what you're, what you're spending your time, the environment you're spending your time in and those people, because it, 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 it will win. You think you'll rise above it. You won't. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, are there any any other takeaways or, or pieces of encouragement that you'd like to to leave today that we didn't touch on? Yeah, I think now more than ever um, is a time for everyone just to really take everything to the next level and become the greatest version of themselves. Go after that big crazy dream, those big crazy finances. You know, what just really take it on because, you know, people say, oh, this is the greatest time ever to be alive. And I will say, well, only if you take advantage of it, (laughs) you know, it's really, it's not, if you don't take it, right. An opportunity is not great. An opportunity is only great if you actually take advantage of it. And so I just think now is the season for everybody to really maximize everything that they have around them, right? There's nothing There's the books, there's the resources, there's the YouTube channel, there's the coach you can hire, there's the program you can pay for, you know, and, and take this on and, and build that life that you really want. Because I, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that's in the graveyards today are people's dreams Mm. and people just don't go and, and, and we, we are unlimited. We have, we are unlimited in what we can create, learn. Like, I just, I want everybody to take that on, like really become that best, highest version of yourself. Take that lid off, take the lid off. Yeah. I I love that. Again, I feel like every time I talk to you, I feel so encouraged and motivated. So I thank you for that. And I hope that other people feel that too. Um, where can people find you? Um, I am on social media just as mm-hmm. Wendy Saunders. So my name is Price Belt on here. Um, mm-hmm. W-E-N-D-E-E Saunders. And yeah, yeah. Find me, message me. And I'll put yeah. you, I know I'll put your Instagram handle down there too, just so people can okay. find it. Um, but again, Wendy, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It's always a joy to talk to you. Oh, thank you, Ashley. And I love what you're doing with the podcast. It's people like you who help we help everybody learn, right. And spread the information and all of that. And so just, and it's a lot of work. I know the work that it takes to do a podcast and you've got a little one. It's not like you don't have other things to be doing and you have a business. And so the fact that you're doing this is kudos to you because it's really going to impact a lot of people. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you have a great day and I look forward to chatting again. Thank you.